Ian here from the RGB Gaming Podcast, bringing you real gaming banter. And in this episode, I am joined by the Leviathan of Gaming, Pete from On a Retro Tip. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the RGB Gaming Podcast, the home of Real Gaming Banter, a weekly episodic podcast all about video games, chatting with special guests, and of course, having great banter. And if you haven't checked out episode one and episode two with Big Game Al and James from Sweet Radish Gaming, please check that out now on Spotify and on YouTube. But let's begin this episode by introducing a very, very special guest. Over 25,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel, hundreds of thousands of views, and has interviewed some of the biggest names in the gaming industry. I am, of course, talking about Pete from the amazing YouTube channel on a retro tip. Pete, welcome to the podcast, my friends. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for a nice warm welcome. You're very welcome. So, listen, Pete, we have a very special show planned. We have uh, we're t- going to be discussing a game that is very close to your heart, and a game that is uh, very relevant to your to your YouTube channel as well, and a game that is very close to my own heart because it brings back some really good, really good PC gaming memories for me whenever I was younger, and um, we're, we're, we'll we'll divulge that information momentarily but if anybody has been living under a rock pete can you tell the listeners what your youtube channel is all about um it's all about just a a love of of retro gaming the days gone by Mm -hmm. um you know growing growing up in the 80s and 90s and all the all the different systems and you know it's pretty much everything and everything from from that time really mm-hmm. and I, I ask I've, I've asked my other two guests your, your guest number three but uh, hopefully along the line I'll be able to say I've asked all my other guests the same question Pete is how I like to talk about the humble beginnings about you know how you how you got here so why, why did you start your YouTube channel Pete um, well I, I kind of started it through collecting really I had mm-hmm. a collection and uh you know, natural progression of a collection. And I ended up on YouTube and then I found that there was this big community of people doing kind of the same thing. And uh, I watched for quite a while and then I thought, I'll, you know, I'd like to dip my toe in as well and get involved. So that's kind of how it, how it was born, just really through collecting. And I started off just doing collecting videos and stuff I'd bought and this that, and the other. And then it kind of just morphed into what it is now, I suppose, gradually. Mm-hmm. And, Pete, 25,000 subscribers later and hundreds of thousands of views. Like, how, how does that feel, having that, that notoriety on your channel? Is it, does, does it make you feel any different from when you, when you were struggling to get maybe one or two views? Or, or, or are you still feet firmly planted on the ground? Or, or how do you describe the feeling that like, our, us mere mortals would, would, would like to be in your position? Well, I don't know. I think... I, I think... It, after a while it kind of it kind of wears off mm-hmm. that i think you know when you kind of hit a thousand that's massive yeah um 
and and art and you know now it's it, i don't really feel any any different and um I don't feel different from anyone of a, with a small channel who, you know, back when I first started out and was small, I'm still part of the same community. I still talk to all the same people. So nothing's really changed in that sense. Yeah. And and you you are a frequent, um, uh, a frequent guest on the VHS bootleggers also. And um, you like talking about detective movies and things like that. So, you, you know, that's fair play to you, Pete, for, for you know, for, for still supporting the, the smaller channels and, and appearing on and helping out your, your, your buddies and stuff like that. But I've just watched your, your latest video today, The Cursed Night. What, what, a, what a game. What a video. I do have to agree, though, I'm not overly fussed on the font style. It's, it's it's a bit cliche, isn't it? But that being said, what a video, Pete! And you know that that game looks amazing. And I still can't I can't believe that you know that the Mega Drive games or have got this resurgence and people are are making new games for the system. What what's your what's your thoughts on that? I I love it. Um, you know, I always say that at Christmas and birthdays and stuff, I never get excited mm-hmm. anymore because you know once you get to my age it's kind of long worn off but there's something about opening a parcel with a new mega drive game in that's just <laughs> got this spe- something special about it and yeah. it always just brings a smile to my face and um yeah like you say we've been sport sport lately for mega drive games you know there's the cursed night just coming out mm-hmm. um you know xeno crisis tanglewood uh demons of Asterburg. there's just so many fantastic games that are really pushing the capabilities of the system mm-hmm. um and and made by people who have similar kind of memories of, of the mega drive that we do you mm-hmm. know and this and the same passion that we do mm-hmm. And would that ever be something you'd be interested in? Is maybe sitting down with a developer and, and going, "Listen, I've I've an idea for a game here." Would, would that be Would that be something you ever consider doing? Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's no development plans in the future. I, not, no, I don't expect you to make it. But if you had an idea, you know, we could we could pitch it to someone. Maybe we could uh, mm. maybe we could make a few pound that way, Pete. I don't know. But listen. What's what's coming in the future for the channel? What's 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 lined up for the next next couple of videos or or whatever it is? There's not a whole lot lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, been, been a bit lazy lately, but I do have a kind of retrospective on sensible software coming because mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a big Amiga fan. Amiga is yes. my my all time favorite system, um, and uh, yeah, I've got a couple of developer interview you know, a couple of uh, interviews with the. Uh, with the team from sensible software. So that should be a good one. Um, and then, um, hopefully I've got something in the pipeline related to what we'll be talking about today, but we'll have to see that's kind of in the early Mm -hmm. stages at the moment. Well, Pete, no better, no better man to speak to you about what we're going to talk about. Okay. So I'm going to play this jingle, Pete. We're going to get a chance to wet our whistle. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about, the return to Monkey Island. Uh.
Okay, and welcome back to the RGB Gaming Podcast. And I am here with Pete from On A Retro Tip, an amazing YouTube channel. So if you haven't checked it out, I don't know why you haven't. But if you haven't, please go over, subscribe, like, check out the videos. It's an unbelievable channel and very much worth the watch. But the main reason that I have got Pete here, I have taken him hostage and I've brought him to the RGB Gaming Shed and we're going to talk about... The return to Monkey Island. But before I start asking you questions about this, Pete, and getting into the nitty-gritty of it, it's clear on your own channel that you really have a passion and a love for Monkey Island. And, you know, in your in your channel, you've actually spoken with Ron Gilbert and David Grossman about Monkey Island. So what, what was that like? Um, that was, you know, that really was incredible. Um. It's probably, I mean, the original Monkey Island is probably my all-time favourite game. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it just started off as an idea for a video for the 30th anniversary, mm-hmm. which was, would have been, I think, October 2020 was 30th anniversary. And I thought, you know, hey, why not message these guys and see if I can maybe land a chat with someone? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, ended up getting Ron Gilbert, Dave, well, I got Ron Gilbert first, and that mm-hmm. was the that was the kind of the the whale, yeah, because it was his baby, mm-hmm. and uh, then yeah, Dave Grossman, uh, Mark Ferrari, uh, who did the pixel art, and and Mark Ferrari really just fascinating, nice person, mm-hmm. and he really kind of lifted up the the video because it was just he just gave me so much information. He was so forthcoming with information, and just that that kind of angle of the, the pixel art and and it was really you know the early days it wasn't even called pixel art back then mm-hmm. um it was just you know it was just art using yeah. computers essentially um so that was fascinating and I, and I did get to speak with um uh Steve Purcell mm-hmm. although only via email and then uh, Orson Scott Card as well who who wrote Ender's Game because he was involved with the with the insult sword fight, and I, I spoke to him and his wife on email, and they they gave me quite a bit of info. So yeah, all, all in all, it was it was incredible, absolutely incredible. So that, that's unbelievable. But you know, have, I have to ask you, you know, not only as a journalist for you, your YouTube channel, getting to speak to these these guys, how did you feel as a fan? How did you feel chatting, yeah. chatting to the chat to these guys as a fan? I, you know, I did quite feel. I felt quite nervous actually, um, in a way, because I'd never interviewed someone before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did Ron first, and that was my first ever interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was just not. I don't know. It was not something I'd ever really considered doing before. So it was really out out of the blue. And uh, yeah, and then it all just happened so fast. And then suddenly I'm interviewing them. But um, I think. I think it was good in a way, just because I m- mostly shut up and just let them yeah. talk, you know, <laughs> which is good. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, just you know, it's a, for any fan's dream, isn't it, to mm-hmm. talk to the people who made one of their favourite films or games or yeah. albums or uh, you know whatever mm-hmm. media. Um, so yeah, it was it was just an absolute treat, and uh, and also just to get some info that wasn't available at the time as well that you know I had some questions that I thought would be interesting to have answers to that that I did get so yeah I mean it was just a, just an incredible experience and a nice of them to give up their time to talk to little old me you know 
Yeah, and and th- that's a that's like that's a great uh, that's actually a, a, a great motivation there, Pete, as well, because <clears throat> a, a lot of people may not want to ask people with such stature as uh, as, as Ron Gilbert to to come on and you know, like he says, little old me speak to me. So there could be a, there could be a good message there, a good positive message. If you don't reach out, you'll never know. I suppose the worst thing they can do is say no. But you were very fortunate enough; you were able to get the, the nearly everybody that was on involved in this game to speak with you and become, you know, part of your part of your channel and part of your content. So you know, maybe if someone's out there thinking about, you know, oh, I'd love to interview somebody, but I, I, they'll, they'll probably say no. You know, reach out. You, you just never know, and I think that's a that's a great example of uh, of uh, people, you know, giving up their time and actually taking a taking a chance on someone who's, like you said, never interviewed anybody before. But yeah, know, I mean, it, it, it's that it's that old saying: you don't ask, you don't get. And, yeah. and like you say, the worst they can say is no. And actually, Tim Schaefer said no. He's, mm-hmm. He his his uh, his PR team came back and said, I think he's a bit you know sick of talking about monkey island and i said yeah that's i totally understand that Mm -hmm. and whenever i email people um i always kind of say look i understand you're busy so if it's Mm -hmm. a no that's cool and uh yeah i mean some people you'll be surprised how many of these people actually really love doing it Mm -hmm. um and uh like i was saying about mark ferrari um he seemed just as overjoyed to talk to me as I was to him which was just so nice you know that's that's um, that's brilliant because like you said too they're, they're still part of the community and they want to speak they want to speak about their about their games and their experiences and and you know they want to speak it speak about that experience with 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 the fans so you know having having that having that sort of uh, having that content on your channel is it's, it's unbelievable and like you said, if you don't if you don't ask, you'll never know. But that kind of leads us leads me on to then. Uh, there there is a video that you have made. It's actually more or less like a feature length documentary about uh, the making of of Monkey Island, the thirtieth anniversary, and that's over three hundred and fifty thousand views. Actually, I typed Monkey Island into um, the search engine today on uh, on YouTube, and your video. Was the one to come on top? Was was at the top of the landing page, and I actually went on incognito, so they they can't say that it's my channel because I subscribed to you. Went on incognito, typed in Monkey Island, and your video come to the top of the list. Tell me about that video. Give me give me just a wee synopsis about what that video is about, so people can head over after listening to us chat here tonight and go check that out. Um. So yeah, it's it's kind of a feature length thing. It's about an hour and twenty minutes. Uh, it's uh, it's called the Making of Monkey Island, and it is about the Making of Monkey Island. And it's got all those original developer interviews. So mm-hmm. uh, it's got um, the, the the beauty of it is that I you know normally when we make videos, it's me talking, but in mm-hmm. this, it's it's very there's there's very little of me talking. I probably talk for twenty minutes max mm-hmm. out of the hour, hour and twenty minutes. Um, so it's all just listening to Ron Gilbert, uh, Dave Grossman, and Mark Ferrari talk about the development of the game. And then uh, the the like I said, I did kind of email interviews with Steve Bissell and Orson Scott Card, and they are voiced by actors. Mm-hmm. Um, I say actors; they're two of my buddies over in America, YouTube buddies. But um, they did a cracking job uh, voicing them. Um, and yeah, like you know, it's just kind of the video that I wanted to watch mm-hmm. for the thirtieth anniversary, and I thought, well, I'll make it, you know. And um, if you if if you're a Monkey Island fan, I think it's 
you know, I think it's essential viewing. Like it's it, because because it's not really me talking. I don't, I don't really go back and watch my own videos, you know, but I have gone back and watched that because mm-hmm. I just like hearing listen, like hearing them talk, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's just fascinating. There's just like I said, there's there's some info that wasn't around in there. Um, they're just little stories about working for Lucasfilm and the, the kind of the atmosphere and the ethos at the time and, you know, the industry and then just the birth of kind of developing pixel art and mm-hmm. the EGA and the VGAR and, you know, it just goes right, right in depth um, to the development of the game. So it's a very, it's a very, not only is it very uh, entertaining, but very informative too. And probably there, there's probably not a video like it about, you know, cause it's, uh, I have watched a, a good bit of it over the, over the last week and um you know it's there there's a lot to take in there pete and to be honest with you i don't think i would get that information from websites or reading up on it you you're, you you hit the nail on the head and it's a very very educational informative and entertaining video and please go over and check out the making of monkey island you know what type in monkey island in the youtube and guarantee it's the first one or two that'll pop <laughs> up and it's uh it's uh it's, 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 it's like from an editor's point of view, I, I edit videos and stuff. You know, it's it's very well put together, Pete. You know, did, did it take you long to make it? Put a piece it all together. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how long, but mm-hmm. the, I think it's probably the my longest or one of one of my, one of my top two longest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, it's it would be well over a hundred hours, mm-hmm. but but I don't really know. But yeah, a lot of time and a lot of kind of it's difficult planning these things out because mm-hmm. what I, what I'd kind of do is get the interviews, and then I'd watch the interviews or listen to them back, and then put, make like notes of all the timestamps of where they talk about certain mm-hmm. things. And then when I'm kind of writing the script for the uh, video, then I'll just kind of put a note like Ron 23 or whatever, you know, and then I know that when I'm editing, I'm going to put him talking about that certain thing in there. But it makes it really complicated to kind of plan out. So I remember when I was planning the Makiana thing, I'm like, I had like a load of sheets of paper on the floor of my lounge and I'm like scribbling away like some kind of lunatic, you know, just trying yeah. to put it all, to, all together. <laughs> and if, you, if you're starting off on YouTube, you know, uh, have, a, have a listen, have a watch at these videos too because they are, uh, they're exactly what, uh, what the audience are looking for when it comes to an, a niche or a, if you're American or Canadian, a niche that you're interested in. So Pete's, Pete's videos are, are, are top class. They're very well made. Production value is amazing. And um, they are absolutely brilliant to watch. So, listen, Pete, I'm going to play a wee bit of music now, okay? I'm going to talk. I'm going to do a really dodgy pirate impression, right? <laughs> to lead us under the 10 questions. And if you want to jump in and give a hour in English, uh, you know, you can jump in and, and give that. So, what, yeah, I think you might be impressed with this music. Would I, would I put this music on for us? Very Monkey Island. So, nice. We have unlocked the key to Monkey Island. We have fought our way through LeChuck's revenge. We have steered clear of the curse of Monkey Island and escaped Monkey Island and even survived the tales of Monkey Island. But now we return to Monkey Island in 2022 with Pete from On a Retro Tip. Could I get a job? Could I get a job on SpongeBob? Do you think? Yeah, I can't top that. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. We've got our we've got our Monkey Island uh, introduction, and Pete, 
Why Monkey Island? What got you, what got you hooked on that game? What got you hooked on Monkey Island? I think it was, you know, if you if you think of when it came out, it came out in 1990, and the 1980s was very much about arcade games or that arcade kind of feel. So all the, you know, obviously big home computer scene in, here in the UK, yep. very arcadey games, and even like mm-hmm. you know in the states they had the NES and stuff that was popular. It's all arcadey games. You you know Mario, Donkey Kong. Um, then you got like your shooters and everything and, you know, space invaders and this, that and the other. And it was very much kind of capturing that feel. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, you know, in the, in the kind of, you know, in the eighties, they did delve into story based games mm-hmm. and particularly with, uh, you know, text adventures is really where it started out over yeah. here where we would have to type in commands and you just basically you know, it's like playing a book, a choose your own adventure book, essentially on screen. Um, but obviously, you know, the 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 point and click graphic mm-hmm. adventure came in, and uh, and it was you know it was more story based. And I think that Monkey Island was just such a fantastically realized world and story that it really just sucked me in. And it it was really the birth of my love for kind of narrative driven games, I think. Yep. And that's, that's something that stayed with me now. I still, I really look for that in, in, in games that I play today, like, you know, narrative driven and something mm-hmm. with a bit of depth and a bit of story and, and something I can kind of immerse myself in really yep. in that, in that world. Um, so I think that's probably the appeal and, and it's, and it's very funny. You know, yep. I was 10 years old at the time and, uh, I found it funny then, and I still find it funny. I think it's it's it, the humour still stand stands up, and it's still one of the funniest games ever made. Yeah, and and iconic characters. So is, could there be an argument then that uh, Monkey Island, for example, could be like a precursor for like you know the Telltale games or the, the those text based games where you have to make decisions and stuff? Could could Monkey Island be seen as one of the innovators and leaders that maybe inspired that type of gameplay to even they even come back? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, point and clicks kind of fell out of favour, but the Telltale games essentially, you you know, although they're not technically graphic adventures, you yeah. could call them that quite happily. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of interactive movie kind of yeah. genre is is very similar to that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Monkey Island, we've got the return to Monkey Island coming out this year. And it's coming to a new generation of gamers, Pete as well as the diehard fans like yourself. So what will the developers have to do to make people play Monkey Island in 2022? So you've talked about, it was come out in the 90s, it's, you know, pixelated art and, you know, all that kind of good stuff that that, that we enjoy and that we love. But what do they have to do differently, do you think, for, for the new generation in order to make them enjoy it as much as what we have? Well, I think, you know, it's a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. a couple of the things they're going to have to do uh, is 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 the things that all the people are moaning about at the moment, and I think it's quite unreasonable to moan. Um, so, for example, uh, the art the art style. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've gone for a you know a lovely looking modern mm-hmm. art style, and people are crying out saying they want pixel art, and it's like, well, you've got to appeal to yep. a new audience. They can't just market it to us old fogies. So it's mm-hmm. completely understandable they they wouldn't do that. And then um, I think as well, the interface is going to have to be more modern. So yeah. obviously you can't have the, you know, the old verb menu from Monkey Island because, mm-hmm. 
you know kids these days are going to take one look at that and think that's that's archaic yeah um so they're going to have to modernize the interface somehow um hopefully it's still point and click Mm -hmm. some somewhat but um but yeah it'd be interesting to see what they do with the uh with the actual interface and uh Funny enough, Pete, that's a great segue to the next question I have for you. So does does Monkey Island need to stick to the point and click mechanics or or has that methodology, you know, is is, is it old school or might that put people off? Well, I don't know. There's the danger of, you know, if you stray too far from it, mm-hmm. what what would what would they actually do? I think they've got a I think they've got to remain at least reasonably Mm-hmm. close to a point and click maybe like you know have the um navigation of the character with just normal controls so that you can walk around and you don't have to mm-hmm. click here and there but actually interacting with uh the environmental objects i think would would be it would be a good idea to still have some kind of point and click interface yeah because um i i play a lot of horror games and i play a lot of horror games on on pc and a lot of them are point and click so yeah. I, I can't see that being a... It might be different for maybe people who don't play PC games, maybe, you know, coming straight on their console. You know, they might find that maybe strange. But um, I think you're right. I think the I think the navigation of um, Guybrush, for example, you know, if if, if, we're, if we can control him and then point and click in the environments, I think that's, that would be that would be a, a, a reasonable enough adjustment, I think. But for me, you know, the point and click element of it was brilliant. That's why I really loved it on the PC. And... You know, for for me, like I said, the top of the show was more nostalgic. It just I just remember playing it. It was like one of the I had it was Monkey Island and Full Throttle. I don't know if you ever played that mm, game. It was a LucasArts yeah. film, or LucasArts game as well. And um, it was uh, th- those were my two favorite games at the time on the PC. And they just you know, I just I just loved playing them. And there the, 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 the again the narrative and the storyline and the you know the aesthetics. It was it was really nice and it was a really nice relaxing game to play as well. And the music and all that was just great. It wasn't. It didn't. You know, it didn't wind you up too much. But you know, it's. Uh, I just hope when it comes to for a home comes on the console or whatever it is, I'm sure it'll come on all platforms. I just hope it. Uh, I just hope that uh, the, the the gamers respect where it's come from and maybe where it's going to, you know. Mm-hmm. How, how are you going to play it yourself, Pete? Are you going to play it on PC? Are you going to play it on Switch? Are you? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I think I'd probably definitely buy it on Switch, but I wouldn't mind getting on PC. And it's mm-hmm. better, like you said, it depends on the interface, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I did have um, Monkey Island 1 and 2 Special Edition on my iPod, Mm-hmm. And it really lent itself to the touch screen, so yeah. that could be a nice kind of way to play it. Yeah. Um, so you don't need, you know, you don't necessarily need a mouse, but yeah, maybe I'd play it with the mouse. And it also depends, kind of, what they do if they're doing physical copies. I'd love, uh, you know, a, a big box copy, and we'll have to see what they do. Won't oh, we? it would be great. Well, another statue like chatting the sweet radish James the sweet radish game, and about sort of big box stuff and. All the stuff that we we don't need, but it's the stuff that we want: statues and booklets <laughs> and coins, and yeah, <laughs> maybe a T-shirt it. in there, and we'll it'll never, maybe never even come out of the box. But mm-hmm. um, that's that's the stuff that we long for, and and I for one would be uh, would be a great supporter if they did bring out a big box limited edition Monkey Island collector set or something. I think I would be I would be all over that, but. Let's talk about um, the Monkey Island games then. So, w- out of all the games that we've got, we've got um, 
Monkey Island, The Chuck's Revenge, Curse of Monkey Island, Escape from Monkey Island. What's been your favourite game out of the franchise thus far, Pete? Um, the first game, mm-hmm. um, Monkey Island 2 is a very close second. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the first game is definitely uh, my favourite. Okay, so someone comes up in the street and says, Pete, what's, what's Monkey Island? Why, why should I play it? What's, what's your answer? How do you convince people to play these games? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I mean, I'd say, you know, it's worth playing just for the story. It's kind of like a, you know, whenever I go back and play it now, it's kind of like playing an old film that, mm-hmm. or watch, you know, watching an old film that I like except I'm playing it because I like the story and, uh, you know, I like the characters and the humour. And I think that's the appeal of... of uh, the game just people can get involved in this story in the world and it's mm-hmm. worth it just for that and also the pace you know uh it's like you were saying it's uh quite chilled these yeah these games and you can just play it and relax and you know play a bit here and there and come back to it and it's a, it's a chat it's challenging you know mm-hmm. challenging working out the puzzles sometimes um but but like you said, working out the working out the puzzles can be challenging. But what, personally, from what I find playing the Monkey Island games is, I don't find myself pulling my hair out. You know, if you play some games with like really intricate puzzles, like Resident Evil and things like that, you know you, you can find yourself sort of banging your head off the wall. And you know it's it's sometimes as plain as the nose is your face. That's the you know that's that's where the the clue is. But with Monkey Island, I don't find that because I don't know. I don't know if it's a thing for like being a pirate or being on an island. That's just something that I I really gravitate towards, and I love <laughs> games like that. You know, I, I found the puzzles. The puzzles were challenging, but they were they were fun. And I think sometimes whenever you, you play a game and a challenge isn't fun, you really shouldn't be doing a challenge or a quest or a quiz or whatever it is on the game that results in you throwing your control pad or banging your head off the wall. And I think Monkey Island is just, it's a really fun franchise and brilliant characters, again, brilliant narrative. And, you know, it's it's a really, it's, it's just a really innovative and enjoyable game. So, you know, I, I for one can't wait for the for the for the new game to come out. So, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, Devolver Digital pinned a comment on their channel saying, "Y'all have no idea how hard it was to keep this secret." Did you see that comment on their on their YouTube channel? On their no. On, so they released a video that the 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 mm-hmm. teaser video come out. And um, I think that it was. Uh, I think that there might have been some, some, something around April Fools that people didn't think this was real, but um, obviously it's it is real, very real, and thank goodness it's real. And, yeah. and and the game's out at some point this year. So they pinned a comment saying about how hard it was to uh, how hard it was to um, you know keep this uh, keep this uh, keep this a secret. What's your feelings? Pete, on on this game coming out, is it about time, or is it the right time, or should it have been out before now? Yeah, I mean that's a tricky question. I mean I'm happy for it, but I mm-hmm. think that um, I think the reason uh, that people were saying it's an April Fool's because Ron put it on his blog on the mm-hmm. April the first, didn't he? And then Devolver put the video out on the fourth, and um, no, yeah, I mean Ron always said that. Um, he said when I interviewed him that if he was going to make a Monkey Island 3, and funnily enough, when I did interview him, that would have been July 2020, so he definitely would have known about mm-hmm. it. You know, they, they were working on it when I spoke to them, so they kept it very quiet. Um, 
they uh yeah he said that uh, kind of what he had planned for monkey Island three he wouldn't be able to do because some of the bits that he wanted to do uh appeared in the other games mm-hmm. so you know curse and escape mm-hmm. had certain aspects in them that he had planned for three yes. so if he was to carry on and do his three then people would kind of say well you're nicking stuff from those mm-hmm. whereas and he's not saying that they nick them either it's just a natural progression of the story to include those those features um so i think that the the you know the the day of their planned proper monkey island three is gone mm-hmm. but uh at the same time you know i'm more than happy for them to do uh, uh the the original guys to do a monkey island and, and we'll see what they do i'm sure they'll i'm sure they'll do the story justice mm-hmm. and it's uh they said it's gonna start from uh, the fairground at the end of monkey island 2 so it literally continues just directly from the end of monkey island 2 so that's that's interesting because that's what that's what my next question was going to be is do you have any idea what 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 do you think they've got planned in terms of a storyline for for the game? What 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 do you, what do you think will happen moving forward now after Monkey Island two? What's the, what what's your gut telling you that this could possibly be about? I I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. Apart, apart from the fact that it's going to start there. Um. Oh, yeah, God knows where they're going to take it. You know, <laughs> could, could, could go anywhere. As we have, um, as we have seen in, in in a lot of the other games. Um, listen, when we're watching that, when we're watching that uh, that uh, that preview trailer or whatever you want, a sneak peek uh, video on YouTube, we do get uh, we do get uh, we ha- we see Murray the, the bouncing skull. And uh, he says that Ron Gilbert told me he'd never make another Monkey Island unless... Mm. And then he gets sort of uh, abruptly pushed into the water. What, what do you think? What, what does that mean? Do you, any idea what, that, what that's in reference well, to? Yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure I know what that's a reference to. So, um, you know, Ron always was adamant that he wouldn't make one unless he... Uh, he owned the IP or at least had full creative control over the IP um, because he didn't, you know, he didn't want to be under the parameters of uh, maybe an executive at Disney saying, well, you have to do this, that and the other, you know, didn't want to be dictated to the story. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure that if they were to just drop a Monkey Island trailer, then everyone and his dog would say, oh, hang on a minute, you said you wouldn't do Monkey Island because blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, he told me the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they they were just preempting that everybody would say that and sh- just shut everyone up immediately by just putting <laughs> it in the trailer that, yes, we know we, we said we wouldn't do it unless we owned it, but now we are doing it. So mm-hmm. let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, because um, whenever, um, obviously, whenever the, the, the trailer's playing, there's three crates are dropped. There's there's Lucasfilms, there's the Devolver Digital. And, of course, the last one then is whenever, if you actually watch Murray's expression, when he's, he jumps, as, as the crate's dropped by the pirate, he jumps on a crate at, at, at the same time. So one gets dropped, the little skull bounces up. The second crate gets dropped, he jumps on the second crate. And just before the third one comes up, Murray's shot. You see these lines coming from his head as if to say, what the, you know what? And of course, it's the terrible toy box logo. 
So that makes sense as to what you're what you've just said about the 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 IP and stuff like that. So um, I think that's a that's a good homage to the to um, what was said and not taking themselves too seriously. And of course, you know, and I'll be honest with you, the only the only um, the only game I'm familiar with is, is Thumble Thumbleweed Park. Is that is that right? Mm. It's uh, other than that have have you know has Ron Gilbert you know brought out a lot of a lot of games on the toy the terrible toy box banner well you know what he's actually he's actually been hugely successful since Mm -hmm. leaving lucasfilm um which would have been probably after monkey island 2 and he made a lot of uh children's games in the 90s and uh and yeah i think that that it was it was like you know hugely hugely successful endeavor making Mm -hmm. making those kids games i forget what any of them are called because you know, it's not really something that I've mm-hmm. is on my, on my radar, but um, I remember looking it all up, and it's yeah, it seems to have all done done pretty well. Um, but yeah, interesting, and it's interesting seeing the Lucasfilm games mm-hmm. uh, on there, which is you know, it's not it's not Lucasfilm games as we know it. Okay, they just they brought back because um, Lucasfilm Games was dead, obviously for ages. Mm-hmm. Disney shut it down not long after they bought um, yeah. Lucasfilm in general, but they uh, they brought back Lucasfilm Games a while ago, a couple of years ago, I think, and it's just a, a title, as in they put that on any Lucasfilm game, mm-hmm. but it's not a studio anymore. You know, yeah. it used to be obviously used to be the studio that made the games, but now it's just kind of a moniker that they put on mm-hmm. any any Lucas games. And like you said, it looks it looks good, doesn't it? That you've got you've got those three potential developers or companies back back in the game and then obviously with a terrible toy box being announced at the end that is you know that's ron gilbert's that's ron gilbert is back and he is uh he's he's uh he's part of it but listen we don't know what the game's about we know that you've told us has taken part after um monkey island 2 but let's talk about our let's talk about um our characters our protagonist Guybrush. Tell, tell tell the audience all about Guybrush, Pete. What type of character is he? What's his <laughs> What's his motivation? You know, because we could be we could have someone listening to this podcast going, "I have no idea what Monkey Island is." It might be an island full of monkeys that you can go somewhere and see a monkey, but it's not. It's a video game, a very popular, very well put together video game, and they have some of the most amazing characters, protagonists, antagonists, damsel in distress. You know, we've got Murray the Skull. It's uh, it's it's a great um, it's a great uh, game with uh, with a plethora of amazing characters. So so talk, tell talk us through Guybrush then. What type of character is he, Pete? So Guybrush Fleetwood is the uh, yeah the the main uh, the playable character. He is uh, uh, quite a naive, quite a quite a bumbling kind of dopey guy uh, <laughs> with aspirations to be a be a mighty pirate. Um, and he he turns up on uh, on Melee Island, mm-hmm. you know, see, seeking to learn how to be a pirate and, and make his fortune in this that and the other. And um, that's kind of the beauty of the game that uh as ron as ron puts it that the the reason the game works so well is because you're discovering everything with guybrush so you're you're controlling guybrush but guybrush doesn't know anything about being a pirate he doesn't know anything about what's going on so as he learns all this stuff you're learning so it's just Mm -hmm. kind of makes for a, a nice 
uh, gameplay dynamic that you're experiencing it along with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, essentially, he gets into uh, in the very early game, he gets into what's called the three trials, where these mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, uh, a council of pirates on the island um, send him to complete three trials to uh, prove that he can be a pirate, and uh, that kind of starts your your wild adventure in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So then, how how has his how has how has his character evolved then over the game? Is he is he still over the games? Is he still the bumbling idiot, or or does he somehow get a wee bit of credibility amongst a council of pirates, or or is when we go to Monkey Island too, have we hit the reset button and Guybrush is back to being Guybrush again? Um, I mean, he do, he he does. I suppose he does make. Uh, some progress in you know appearance and, and ability and 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 what have you um he's he's slightly less uh inept as, as the <laughs> games go on but i think they kind of retain a bit of that essence yeah. of his character because it makes for a more um yeah. enjoyable story <laughs> well if it, yeah it's a bit like um if, they, if if captain jack sparrow all of a sudden done sort of maneuver around like a bumbling drunk it wouldn't be the same but uh a guy brush what a what a character you know uh, it'll be interesting to see how that how how that meeting went or how that uh how that went in pre, pre-production discussing the, the character of guy brush because he's uh he's a very he's, he's much of an unsung hero as far as i'm concerned i think he's i think he's great he's a he's a fantastic protagonist so let's talk about then the 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 back to the back to the the advertisement or the, the teaser trailer that came out. We see that there's spectral pirates, ghostly pirates. One playing the violin, one bringing the crates down. If you look up in the ship, you can see them moving about. Does this mean that Chuck is back? Do you think? Yeah, well, I, I well, one would assume so. I mean, back mm-hmm. as a back as a, as a ghost mm-hmm. because. I mean, I don't know if we want to spoil how the second game ends, but you know, obviously, LeChuck is uh, is there right at the end. Um, right, come on, let's spoil it. This is this is a spoiler. Yeah. There's no spoiler free zone. <laughs> let's go for it. Mean, it, it let's it, let's it, talk it, about Monkey Island too. What happens? It to did LeChuck? come out. Did come out 31 years ago. Yep. So, <laughs> um, well, yeah, the, the second game ends with uh, you and LeChuck kind of exiting these this underground mm-hmm. kind of system that you're in and you come out in the fairground and it's called big whoop. And, uh, throughout the game, you've been chasing the treasure of big whoop and, uh, you come out in this fairground and your children, you and LeChuck, who's the, LeChuck is the, you know, the antagonist of the games. He's the, called the ghost pirate LeChuck. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's got it in for guy rush and, uh, and yeah, you come out of this uh, underground bit and you're in the fairground and you're children. So Guy Brush and the Chuck are depicted as children and then your parents turn up and they're like, hey, where have you guys been? And they kind of take you off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's an interesting one. Um, a lot of people... Uh, a lot of people online are just adamant that that's the secret of Monkey Island, which is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I I can't believe how many people say this. Like, oh, uh, yeah, that's the secret of Monkey Island. They're, they're, it was all uh, a child's dream and they're in the fairground. It's like, no, it's not the secret of Monkey Island. Come on. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't know how they were going to 
spin that and they obviously they'll have to spin that for the new game because if mm-hmm. it's going to continue on from there they'll have to kind of spin it that it was maybe a, some kind of voodoo spell or whatever mm-hmm. they do you know um so yeah lechuk will be will presumably be back in in some manner you gotta have lechuk man you can't have uh guy rush without lechuk i think no, they go hand in hand it's, it's like the turtles and shredder and you know yeah. it, it, it just doesn't work without it but uh lechuk what a what a bad guy i, I like i'd have to I have to say, he's one of my personal heroes. So t- tell the tell the, the listeners then about LeChuck. Who, who is LeChuck and what's his motivation in the Monkey Island games then, Pete? Oh, I don't know. What, I mean, what is his motivation beyond being kind of just evil for the sake of being <laughs> evil, you know, uh, which I kind of like. And he's just, you know, he's just so so pure evil that even his like ghost uh pirate minions are like terrified of him and yeah it's uh yeah he's very disgusting as well kind of oozing ectoplasm and coughing <laughs> coughing gunk everywhere and yeah it's, yeah it's fu- it's funny and it, and it, you know he's got some very funny lines as you know as mm. as evil and disgusting as he is he's you know he's just written fantastically it's very very funny and that kind of that kind of contrast between this bumbling wannabe pirate and then such an evil kind of ghost pirate Mm -hmm. character is just, um, it's such a kind of juxtaposition between them. And it it makes for some very funny um, scenarios, especially when they, when they occasionally meet Mm -hmm. face to face. Um. (laughs) But uh, it's, it's, they're, they're two great characters. They really are. And LeChuck is just, I think he, I think he's brilliant. I really do, and I, I hopefully, well, he better be in this game. I'd be disappointed if he's not. And hopefully, there's no like paid player or anything where we can unlock a Lechuk, um <laughs> outfit or anything like that. Hopefully, no. they'll, not go, they'll not go down that, those uh, those uh, that road at all. But uh, Lechuk is brilliant, and if you're not not too sure who Lechuk is or, or or what we're talking about, please go and check out uh, Pete's video. On the the making of Monkey Island, you know, we talk about the characters, and you know, there's there's so much information in there. But um, Lechuk doesn't have does memory serve me right? Does he not have a thing for Elaine? Elaine Marley does is he not after the girl all the time? Yeah, he he kidnaps Elaine, and then um, <laughs> he tries to force Elaine to marry him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, in in the in the first game. Yes, and then uh, this is this is actually a, a brilliant example of kind of how it, how uh, how bumbling and inept uh, Guybrush is. So, <laughs> so Elaine's kidnapped by um, Lechuk. He takes her to the the town church and is kind of forcing her to get married. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Guybrush busts in to save her. And uh, it turns out that, you know, because you can only see the back of the wedding dress, it turns out it's like three monkeys in a wedding dress. <laughs> and then Elaine comes down on a rope from the ceiling and she's like, Guybrush, I'm, I'm all right. Like, I'm sorting myself out, thanks. Mm-hmm. I don't need your help. And then he kind of just makes things worse by trying to save her. It's just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and those are all, those are all like really innocent, you know, classic, you know, com- com- it's like this. it's full of comedy. It's a funny game. So, you know, you played this back in the 90s. The first one came back out, came out in 1990. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, that was that you're, you're making reference to the first game. So you think about, you know, playing that on a PC and with a pixel art and how how funny that that it was then 
Do, do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. do you need all this graphical power to make it relevant again, or could it be, you know, just as 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 humble and as innocent and as simple as what it was back in nineteen ninety? What, what what do you think? Because the way you're talking about it, and you know, the the, the narrative and the comedy moments and the, the the font and all those, you know, it's it's like, you know, it's. You'd almost think we were talking about a, a, a recent game on the PlayStation 4 or the PlayStation 5 here. So do, do you think it needs the regeneration, really? Well, I don't think it needs it in, to be a good game. But the issue is, it's the difference between what it needs to be a good game and what it needs to actually get people to play it in the first place. Because mm-hmm. it's all very well saying it's a hilarious game, it's great. But if kids look at the at, at like a, you know an old interface or an old pixel art and they don't yep. give it the chance, then you kind of you stumble at the first hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how it is, I guess. Um, although, you know, having said that, a lot of uh, a lot of games these days adopt the pixel art kind of style, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, I just think it's it's going to give them broader appeal yeah. to to go with the kind of art style that they have gone with, um, you um, know. And obviously, voice acting like now is different. Mm-hmm. You know, back when we played it back then, you didn't have voice acting. That's something yeah. that always struck me that even though it's just text on screen, the comedy timing seemed like incredible. Um, it was it was unbelievable because, like you said, it was text coming up, and you were you know in, in your head you were doing the the voice of LeChuck, you were doing the the voice of Guy. <laughs> you know, you, this was this was all in your head. You you were you were doing the voices for these people, and um, it, w- it will be interesting to know what they're going to sound like when the when it comes out this year. And I bet you uh, LeChuck will be uh, be be rather frightening if he does come back as a as a ghostly character. I could I could only uh, I could only imagine you know what that what they'll do with him. Like you said, he's very pussy and very. Uh, He's quite, he's quite disgusting. So it'll be interesting to see what he looks like on, on next gen. So we've talked about the characters. We've talked about the, the interface and the mechanics of point and click. And, you know, we, we can't talk about Monkey Island without talking about the music. That music, though, it is unbelievable, isn't it? Mm. Gives me chills every time whenever I hear the... The little like starting, I just oh man, it's just absolutely fantastic. Could be and one, then, could be one of the greatest soundtracks of of a video game, in my opinion. It's, it's just so iconic. It really, really is. It is, and it's so it's so fitting with the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just Michael Land did such an amazing job of capturing that kind of Caribbean. Yep vibe with the music it's incredible and then you've got you know you've got like the iconic theme tune you've got all this ambient music going on in the background and uh you know you're walking through the jungle and it's like dun dun and there's little like drum beats and stuff and you know it just feels really authentic and then um they didn't have the iMuse system with the first game but it came in in the second game i think the second game was actually the first game to ever have it so for people listening who don't know the iMuse system was a a uh, a bit of software, but, but basically developed by mm-hmm. um, Lucasfilm, that allowed for the seamless transition of the soundtrack. So, if you had one bit of music in one area and then you walked to another area that had another bit of music, it wouldn't just stop and then play the next one. It would seamlessly morph into the next tune. So you don't even realize it's happening. It's very clever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then they ended up using that for all their subsequent games you know the Star Wars games and everything and so uh, there's all the Lucasfilm games from the from the 90s from kind of 91 onwards all have that seamless transition of music which just kind of helps uh, it helps hold up that you know immersion really in the game yeah. doesn't doesn't break you out of it at all if you're kind of walking through the jungle and going to different places and this that and the other mm-hmm. um but yeah it's good to see michael land uh on the team for the um new game mm-hmm. and uh peter mcconnell and clint bajakian who are also like you know huge uh yeah. musical names at lucas arts uh slash lucasfilm so that's uh very exciting Mm-hmm. So with, with everybody you've mentioned, it's, it's obvious that, you know, they want this game to come out, be a success. Well, every, every game has to be a success, a success because that's the, that's the main motivation behind it. But it seems to me like they really want to get the, the, the old school fans on board with this. Because, like, they are bringing back all the big hitters. You know, as like you said before, they could have just brought out Monkey Island. And it would have been Monkey Island. No one, you know, do you know what I mean? Not that anybody wouldn't have cared. They would have cared, but the fact that you know, if we look at this, the spoiler, tra- or not spoiler, this teaser trailer, it's throwing out all the names, the name of the vo- the voice actor for Gabriel, and it's talking about you know um, all, all the people involved in the music, and you know Ron Gilbert's back, and you know it, it's this seems to me like it, they wanted to be a big deal. So, like as a f- Monkey Island fan, Pete, are are you looking forward to this coming out? Yeah, I, mean, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm super excited. I was absolutely thrilled when I saw the trailer. I was just beaming all day. Um, mm-hmm. Really thrilled. And and I think they're right to kind of market those names as mm-hmm. as a bit of hype. And, um, you know, it, sort of, it always makes me laugh that when I spoke to all the guys, they said that they had no idea that Monkey Island was popular until, you know, well after the year 2000. I think Mark said something like 20. 16 or something ridiculous you know mm-hmm. that he didn't realize that monkey island was that big and he's like what do you mean monkey island you know we made it 25 years ago and they're like oh no it's massive you know and it, it, i think they now realize that it's means so much to so many people mm-hmm. and it is a big deal you know um so so i think hopefully they 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 know that um there's a lot of people out there who are going to be very eager to play it, and a lot of people are going to be very excited that they're all involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I'm yeah, I'm excited. We'll, so we'll, that that's the future. Let's talk about the past a little bit. What's your best Monkey uh, Island gaming memory? Oh God, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I have have any. Um, what about your what, what about your first experience with it? Can you remember that? Can you remember anything about it blowing your mind or or how this was just something that you you automatically fell in love with or or did it take a little bit of time? So we're wandering into territory that I I'm terrible at because I'm terrible at remembering anything like this. Like where I got you know I can't tell you what what I got for Christmas or birthdays <laughs> or like what my first memory of this or that. Well, I that's the next question anything. out of the way. Then what, what did you get on Christmas nineteen ninety three at nine thirty a.m. Yeah. So you're not you're not going to answer that one. So um, let's let's then well well let's just change it change it slightly then. Your monkey? Do you have a Monkey Island collection? Do you have do you have copies of the games yourself? Do you own? Uh, do you yeah, own so I've got I've got Monkey Island one and two mm-hmm. big box on the Mega. Mm-hmm. 
And and what 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 are the, what are they like to play now in twenty twenty two, Pete? Are they still as an are they still as good as they were as you remember playing them for the first time? Yeah, they are absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Although I will say, like when I play it now, I generally will play it on my DOS PC. So I'll play yes. the VGA VGA version on my PC. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have a DOS PC with this old CRT monitor, so I definitely yes. play it, play it old school rather than yes. playing a modern one. But um, yeah, I love the Amiga version. Amiga version is funny because like that's the kind of I I did see. Uh, the EGA version, which is the original uh, version, at my mm-hmm. friend's house, and then I kind of got it on Amiga. Um, so Amiga is my real kind of first uh, foray into Monkey Island. But the uh, the art is funny because it's it looks amazing on Amiga. Mm-hmm. But they obviously they did the EGA version, then they upscaled to VGA for the PC, and then the Amiga version was based on the VGA artwork. But I think you have like thirty two colors. Mm-hmm. In, on Amiga instead of two five six on the uh, on the uh, VGA, yeah, and the, and the original EGA was sixteen, um, so it's kind of toned down, but it's based on the VGA artwork, so it does look fantastic, mm-hmm. um, and it sounds great. I mean, Amiga has got a great sound. Um, PC is kind of a funny one because it depends on what sound card you had yep. or have. That's right, and th- you know, there's a myriad different sounds mm-hmm. um and and it's particularly the monkey island theme and and the and the music is so um accomplished that it really makes that stand out that yeah. you, you know if you've got a roland or if you've got an adlib or whatever you've got in your pc it's going to sound particularly different i've got a um what have i got in there i've got a turtle beach that's got an Oriole vortex chip on it and it okay. sounds brilliant but yeah you know it would sound totally different if i had another one in there um, <laughs> so i just say it probably sounds like you're you when you're playing it with uh, with your turtle beach uh it'll probably sound like you're you're actually on monkey island probably yes so, <laughs> so, that's, so that's that's a good job so have you played any of the any of the more sort of modern versions of it then you know i think there was one out in 2009 was that right tom was it the um, so that was the SE, Tale, Tales it? of Monkey Island, is that right? Oh, Tales, yeah. I've, I, uh, I've played Tales once, uh-huh. and that was episodic because that was Telltale Games, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's something I'd probably go back to in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I do remember enjoying it. And, I, you know, Curse was okay. I didn't like Escape at all, so mm-hmm. kind of Tales was reasonably welcome um jump back into it and i know dave grossman was involved in that one although yeah. he he was uh i don't think he wanted to be because <laughs> he was working for telltale at the time and they basically yeah. said look you're going to do monkey island and he still didn't want to but mm-hmm. um yeah i do remember liking it and uh and then this, obviously the special editions they did of the first two were, were pretty good i thought mm-hmm. and what what do you own them on pete the, the, the special editions have you got them on Oh, so I got them on PS3, um, possibly PS4. Uh, I definitely got them on Steam, so on PC, and I've got yep. them on my iPod still. Yep. Um, I want to say that's it, maybe. And do they do they play differently on the play, PlayStation, for example, or do, do you prefer them on on, on play the PC? A bit differently. I do prefer a mouse, but yep. they actually work surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. Um. 
So there's yeah. a bit of there's a bit of history then anyway. If when this new game comes out, they've got the limited edition ones that that had come out prior the re-releases. So they have a wee bit of uh, there's a bit of mechanics there that they did work with before. But um, like you said, I'm, I'm I like a mouse. I like the I like the PC and you know tinkering about with it. But again, that's that's my that's my preference because that just reminds me of me playing it for the first time on the PC. Mm. And uh, and have my mind blown by the game. It was just it was it was uh, it was unbelievable. So it was it was uh, such a such a great game, and everything about it aesthetics, music, character, narrative. You know, it's it's just I stick. It's a it's a great game. So it really is. So in terms of Ron Gilbert, then when did when did Ron Gilbert stop? How many Monkey Island games was he involved in? Uh, just the first two. So he did Monkey Island one. They started. Um, developing Monkey Island 2 pr- pretty much immediately. I think mm-hmm. he ha- he finished Monkey Island 1, he had a two-week holiday and then he was straight on to Monkey Island 2. Um, and then after Monkey Island 2, he left. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure why, but I think it was a number of reasons, but like the, the ethos and the kind of dynamics that Lucasfilm really changed after Monkey Island 1. Mm-hmm. Um, because while they developed Monkey Island, they're actually based out of Skywalker Ranch, Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, they were right in, in this lovely remote location, beautiful mm-hmm. big ranch. Lucas is there. You've got Steven Spielberg walking around and all these f- famous people walking around and, and they kind of had this amazing uh, space and they were given just hugely creative freedom because I think the only stipulation George Lucas had given was just keep it small and don't lose any money. Yes. Which is a, a fantastic um you know, amount of freedom to have as a developer, which certainly mostly gone these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but after Monkey Island one, they kind of moved to offices, you know, and they weren't out in this lovely yeah. location and they're all these, in these offices and there was a bit more kind of corporate yeah. and numbers and stuff. So I think that uh, quite a few people got disillusioned with that. And I don't know if, if Ron was one of those people, but uh, I think a big factor for him was that, you know, why make money for someone else when you can have your own thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he really wanted to own his own company and start his own company, which he did and mm-hmm. was very, very successful at. So uh, what So what do you think then, personally, what, what was the, the reconciliation then to bring out the, the new game? Do you think it was a case of, you know, bringing back the band? Or do you think it was a bit like that, let's get the band back together and uh, and, and make Mo- return to Monkey Island? Or, or or the the stars align and it was just time to do it. So why, why do you think they all? Because they're all back together. It looks like the band's all back together here. You got Lucas Arch. You've got um, you've got Ron Gilbert back again on this. So so why why do you th- how do you think that all how do you think that all emerged? How do you think that all happened? The the, the three of them, the three the three companies getting together to make this. Then do you think it was? Uh, do you think well, it was just time? The, the, the stars aligned and it was just time to do it now? Or do you think something else has happened in between? Well, I think what, what apparently happened, because there's some some interview that was out the other day, wasn't there, or mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, so what they're saying is that uh, Ron was at some conference or other and started chatting to the guy from Devolver. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of talking about the possibility of a monkey island. And the Devolver guy knew someone at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, in charge of something quite, you yeah. know, high up in the licensing. 
Uh, so I thought, you know, like we were saying earlier, don't ask, don't get, let's put the feelers out and see yeah. if we can do something. And I think it just kind of happened. Um, and seemingly Disney are kind of, although they've done nothing with it, seemingly Disney are pretty big fans of mm-hmm. Monkey Island. So, um, yeah, God knows what kind of deal went on or talks went on behind the scenes, but obviously it was agreeable for everyone, which is which is good. And you know, if you, the the key word or the key company you've you've mentioned there is Disney, have a massive monopoly on all these things now. You know, Star Wars, Marvel, you know, sports, the whole shebang. You know, if if this is successful, you know, maybe this could lead to things like a Monkey Island cartoon or a film, or do you know, it's it's it's, it's you know, would that be something you'd be interested in seeing, Pete? Monkey Island coming to the big screen? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I just think that it's. It, it it's it's a tricky one for the Disney because of the ties with um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. because Monkey Island was inspired by the Pirates of the Caribbean ride mm-hmm. at Disney Disneyland or yep. Disney World, um, and then obviously Pirates of the Caribbean is basically the film of the of that ride mm-hmm. um and also had a bit of influence from monkey island in it mm-hmm. um so it's kind of like a fine line that there's are they two those franchises too similar yeah to both have a kind of presence on screen i don't i don't know mm-hmm. um but it would be interesting though because i think uh Le- lechuk as a as a big cga bad guy would be pretty cool to see and um I don't know. Can maybe see um, uh, Tom Holland running around as uh, gay? Uh, gay. <laughs> no, he's too. He's, I think he's slightly too good. Too good looking. Could be someone a bit goofier. Could be somebody a bit goofy. Maybe, maybe we well, maybe Pedro might do it. Maybe they might ask Pedro from the VHS yes. bootleggers to play gay brush. But yeah. um, um, another great channel. If you haven't checked out the VHS bootleggers, go mm. and check out the bootleggers as well, and you'll see Pete on that. And myself, I'm on it as well, a time from time to time. And uh, we, we do talk uh, we talk about films on over at the bootleggers. So listen, just to wrap up then in terms of uh, in terms of uh, the return to Monkey Islands, you are a massive fan. You have you know a, a huge love for the for the franchise, and um, if if you were to sum up and one word, Monkey Island, what would that word be, Pete? <laughs> one word. Okay, I'll, get, I'll, I'll let you have a couple of words then. How about that? It's, it's really tempting to just say Monkey Island, because <laughs> that sums it up quite well. Um, uh, oh, God, adventure. Adventure, that really puts a lot of it into perspective. You know, yeah. the, just the genre is adventure. Mm-hmm. You're going to go on an adventure. The, just the humour and the characters, it's all an adventure. And that's just the, you know, that's the main reason to play it. It's, yeah. a, it's an adventure. And, and just, before we, just before we move on to the games that we've been playing and stuff, uh, Pete, do you think a lot of games kind of, uh, modern games kind of Lou, have lost that a little bit? You know, just the, the fun adventure of playing a game, do you think? Do you think a lot of games, you know, modern games, are are too focused on being realistic and dealing with first world problems and you know war and things like that? Do you know? Do you think? Uh, do you think it's it's time for a good fun adventure in Monkey Island? I I, I think the time. I think the time is perfect at the minute. Personally, myself, yeah. I think I think whenever you go to buy a game, it's it's they're too hardcore. They're too, you know. It's like um, it's like I was when I was speaking to uh, to James. On the last episode, we we're talking about Nintendo, and you know sometimes if if you're going to play a game, 
you almost have to psych yourself up and go, right, gonna gonna sit and play this now, and you know this is going to take hours, and have to commit to doing it. Whereas some Nintendo games, you can pick it up, play it for 10, 15 minutes, put it down, and you've you've got your you've got your fix. I personally find that with Monkey Island. I think Monkey Island is a game that makes me want to play it. Not a case of sometimes if you, you've started a game, it's like, mm, this is going to take up a lot of my evening to play this. Or, you know, this is, you know, very um, methodical and have to think a lot. You know, I, just remembering playing Monkey Island was one of those games you could put on with all intentions. Oh, play Monkey Island for a little while and maybe you've, you've been stuck there for, for, for three or four hours because it's fun and it mm-hmm. is adventurous and you know you do get sucked into the end of the world of monkey island whereas i think with a lot of modern games and this was out the trend at the risk of not sounding like an old man here you know but but they are realistic you know it's you know i'd rather play monkey island than go and shoot a hooker in grand theft auto do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you know i think just think i think a lot of the games now have lost the the fun factor you know like a lot of there's not a lot of a lot of fun games and like the, yeah. the, the the definition of a game is is the, the the play and have fun i think i think if you can get stuck in a game and it would still be fun and they've really done something special there and that's really what monkey island does is even though you're stuck you're still going around you're talking to the characters you're trying to work out what's mm-hmm. what you're trying to you know and you're gonna there's gonna be funny things funny dialogue there's gonna be funny scenarios you're gonna still have fun and mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm very disillusioned with modern gaming, and and uh, like you said, Nintendo's kind of got a a bit of more pick up and play appeal. And I play my Switch all the time, and I probably haven't turned my PS4 on for like six months a year. Mm-hmm. I've got no interest in buying any modern console mm-hmm. for for now, anyway. Yeah, um, we might touch on that and the net when we talk about what games we're playing, but. Um, yeah, I totally agree, and that's why I got a room full of all this old stuff, and I yeah. play a lot of Mega Drive, and I play my Amiga on my DOS PC, and mm-hmm. you know I can sit and lick Monkey Island or Day of the Tentacle in, yeah, an hour and a half or whatever, and mm-hmm. I sometimes just sit there and do that, you know, yeah. and it's uh, it's fun, and and that that's it, nail on the head. It's it's fun. It's a fun game, and that's why we play games because they're they're fun. You know, we want to escape reality. And have a bit of fun. We don't really, you know, at, at times we don't want to be pulling our hair out or banging our head against the wall playing a game. We want to be having fun, and and Monkey Island really does, uh, really does promote that. So, listen, we're going to hit a break. We are going to get a drink to wet our whistle, and when we come back, we will be talking about the games that we are playing at the minute. Hello, hello, hello. We are back on the RGB Gaming Podcast, the home of real gaming banter. And I am joined by Pete from On A Retro Tip. And if you've missed the first hour and ten minutes, shame on you because we have been talking about Monkey Islands. But what we're going to talk about now is the games that we are playing at the minute. Pete, let's start with you. What What are you playing at the minute? Uh, so... um. I'm playing a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been playing Fallout 3. Oh, very good. Yeah, so I play. I kind of... Uh, I mean, I've got them on so many... Uh, Fallouts on so many yeah. things. But I, got, I, I recently, just because where I'm sat 
in my uh, game room is kind of where I work from from home now. So yep. a lot, a lot of half, half the week, say I work from home, and mm-hmm. I've got a JTAG three hundred and sixty here. So I um, whacked uh, Fallout three and New Vegas on it. So I played through New Vegas, and now I'm playing through Fallout three. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about 60, 60 hours in or so at the moment. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've played those games so many times that they just never get old. I absolutely love them. They they are they are brilliant, aren't they? They're, they're again, they're just it's they're just so I don't know relevant or something. You know, it's just there's just something about them Fallout games. And I've never played New Vegas. What's what's that like? Is that good? New Vegas is a funny one. Like New Vegas has like such hardcore fans, uh-huh. and everyone's adamant that it's so much better than three. Mm-hmm. But the problem with New Vegas is. Um, that uh it's it's not actually developed by Bethesda it's developed by Obsidian mm-hmm. and they weren't given much time I think you know a couple of years to develop yeah. the whole thing so there's a lot of unfinished stuff in there and stuff that's not fleshed out like mm-hmm. one of the main kind of bad factions uh the Legion are kind of really not not really fleshed out much and yeah. um there's a lot of kind of go here go there go here go there Mm-hmm. back and forth kind of stuff which is very annoying um but on the whole it's great it gives you a lot of options it's got a great world it's got a great story um you know i love it it's, it's definitely one of my all-time favorite games I, I just think that fallout 3 does something that fallout new vegas and fallout 4 didn't do very well which is that it just feels so remote and isolated it feels like a wasteland which is what it's supposed to be and 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 it's funny that in in new vegas and and if you've played fallout 4 you can't walk very far without Mm -hmm. coming across a settlement or coming across something that's right with fallout 3 you can walk and walk and walk yeah for what feels like ages Mm -hmm. and you just hear like crickets you know, yeah, it's Fall, nothing. Fallout Three, that's that's I haven't that's the one I enjoyed. I really enjoyed playing that. Um, I remember buying it when it first came out and stuff. I used to work in, uh, used to work for Virgin Mobile, but we had a we had a like a, a wee mini shop in Virgin Mega Store, so we we you know, always get games relatively quick when they came out and stuff. You know, and uh, I just remember playing it, and it's like you said, it was so vast. You know, and uh, you know the 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 exploration and uh, the upgrades and you know all that you know good stuff it was just it was again it was very like innovative and uh of its time and maybe a little bit ahead of its time too with those games but i've I'd never played the never played the games after that because uh it's it, it did lose a lot of my life playing fallout 3 mm. because it, it does consume a lot of time and but uh it's it's uh it's really good and i remember too that i think there was some nice li- limited edition uh versions of the game come out and steel tins and stuff like little with a wee uh, the, the names left me the wee character with the blonde hair the wee fall yeah the bubbleheads fault boy yeah yeah and um I think there was like a lunchbox edition or something you could buy you know the, the game yeah came. have you got that do you, do you oh, have that the lunch yeah I've got the lunchbox that's Fallout three yeah and that has a bubblehead in there's a bubblehead just I can see there, him well, I can see one. him there and then there's a little uh statue of um uh you know Brotherhood of Steel yes. And I've also got the limited edition uh, collector's edition for Fallout New Vegas, oh, very which nice. has got um, it's got playing cards, poker chips, it's got the platinum yes. chip in, all this other stuff. And it, in in Europe, actually, they were numbered what, one to six thousand six hundred and fifty. Okay, um, and I've got number one. Whoa, that's unbelievable! You've got the mm. you've got the first one. 
Yeah. That's um, have you opened it? Has have you played with the cards? Oh yeah, it? it was it was open when I bought it because uh-huh. I, I was in the market for one and um I just had an eBay safe search and one popped up and I think at the time they were kind of going for above 40 and this one popped up at 40 and I thought well that's a good price I'll yeah. just have a quick quick look at the condition and it, it you could see in the pictures it was number 1 but he hadn't put it anywhere on the listing so I just bought a click I clicked buy 40 quid that was that the rest was that yeah. and I think they go for quite a bit of money now just anyway mm-hmm. so god knows what that's worth I was going to say wonder what it'd be worth now with it with because it's number 1 that's unbelievable mm. Guy maybe kicking himself and maybe didn't realize what he had maybe and um it's uh, it's one of them things where uh where the, the the again i've already used this analogy the stars aligned and it was time to buy now <laughs> you got mm. your fallout. so That's you're it. playing fallout 3 were you playing anything else are you playing fallout any other games 3, yeah. to help you uh are you playing any games to help you unwind or relaxed and you know what to uh pete it's like you know, this podcast isn't just about consoles and PC gaming because, um, you know, I, I like to delve into Apple Arcade and mobile games and all too. Is there anything you're playing on your phone at the minute or anything you're playing on your yeah, iPad or there, anything like there that? There is, actually. Um, so the only things I play on my phone are like board game kind mm-hmm. of games. So I play a lot of, um, although I'm actually currently through about a three-month break on it, I play Scrabble all the time. I love a bit of Scrabble. Um, like, you know, against other people. Yep. Yeah, I love Scrabble. Scrab- so good. Scrabble's good. We should do it. We should. We'll do. A, we'll do a Scrabble stream some night. Oh yeah. And, uh, and oh yeah. Hell be yeah. Good, wouldn't it? We get. We'll get yeah. Pedro to host it, and we'll just start making up words. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm sure we could get something organized. I'm, th- I'm sure we could do a Scrabble stream. Play yeah, Scrabble no, yeah. on. Play I'm Scrabble. Down. That'll be good. We'll we'll, uh, we'll get that. We'll get that down and get and get that. Uh, we'll get that sort of. So you're playing. So you're playing Fallout Three and you're playing Scrabble. Anything else? On- play Scrabble. Play a bit of Risk on my phone and stuff. Yep. Um, and what else am I playing? I'm playing Advance Wars Two, which I'm pretty much always been playing since mm-hmm. it came out in 2003. Almost every, pretty much every year, I'm playing that for a few months. So I'm yep. currently actually. Um, I got this kind of handheld device with an LCD screen that I yes. was play testing, and I've just taken to kind of just having that in the lounge some nights. So mm-hmm. I've been playing um, Advance Wars Two on the Game Boy Advance on that, which is kind of like emulation. Although yes. I do play Advance Wars Two on my Game Boy Advance mm-hmm. all the time, and I've been playing um, Tony Hawk's on the PlayStation uh, on that as well. Tony Hawk's, I used to love Tony Hawk's on the PlayStation. Yeah. The soundtrack was amazing. It was yeah, just, it was, it was just one of those. It was just that era, wasn't it? It was like you know, blank punk rock and stuff, and yeah. uh, some forty one, and th- you know, just all yeah. things. It's just all bands like that, and you know, I, I did, I did have a, a bit of a mohawk whenever that the, that period of my life. Comes <laughs> on. I don't think I get away with it now. So, I just want to ask you another thing too about the games that you're playing as well, Pete. Like you know, when your video, you. you, you your latest video, The Cursed Night, you, you, you got delivered this beautiful game package. You got stickers and all that, all that kind of good stuff. You know, mm. what's, what's that, what is that like to be the person that reviews these games? You know, you like, you're, you, like yours was, uh, was custom made and stuff like that. Is, 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 yeah, is, is, that, that. is that, is that, what's that like? How does that feel? It's nuts. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, I, I couldn't believe that they because the, they sent me a ROM first. They said, yep. "Oh, the game's coming in the post, but here's the ROM you can play, and it's customized." And mm-hmm. I thought, "Oh, that's cool, it's customized ROM." And you kind of play through the first level, and there's billboards with my logo on it, and I was like, oh. "This is nuts!" I'm in a Mega Drive game, <laughs> but then then the cart came, and it's on the cart as well, so it's like a proper custom version of it. 
I'm like, this isn't this is insane. But the big the biggest I mean, it's so cool getting like Mega Drive games sent to me for people yeah. who want to review them, especially when they approach me. Like mm-hmm. they messaged me like, hey, you know, do you want a copy of this? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but it's just nuts that it's just nuts that happens, honestly. It's just it's crazy. Like or like that people, you know, care enough to have my opinion on their game and mm-hmm. and uh you know, people are always you know, as long as I don't slam the game, obviously. But, um, yeah. pe- you know, people are v- always grateful for me reviewing the game. And and it's always honest. Like, I never... Yeah. Have, I've never entered into an agreement to say anything favourable or say anything that I don't believe in. Yes. You know? um, but, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like, you know, you think when you're back when you're a kid and you play Mega Drive games and you never think that one day people are going to be making Mega Drive games and sending them to me to review. You know, mm. it's, it's a weird thing. And is, is that the finished article now, Pete? Or they, will they take any of your advice and go back and tweak a few things? Like like the, the font the font style of the box? Like, will, <laughs> they, will they tweak that, do you think? Or is it, this I just don't a- know. I know the game is completely finished, yeah. although they did say to me that they would be implementing a password feature in the final game because this one doesn't have it. Okay. Um but I don't know. I mean, the box art's probably reasonably easy for them to change mm-hmm. before they... I don't know what what stage of production they're in. Presumably this Kickstarter is to fund the production, so maybe yeah. they haven't haven't done it. So I don't know about changing the font and this, that, and the other, but uh, I think that as far as the game's concerned, it's it's pretty much uh, finished. The, the, the game looks awesome. That, that the, the, the night looks amazing. It, it does look like a throwback to... I don't know what's it's like uh, the, the night from Ghosts and Ghouls mixed in with the Terminator and Robocop and mm-hmm. <laughs> and Fallout the, the the big bulky guy from Fallout Three in the box so it does it does uh, it it does look really interesting it looks pretty it looks pretty it looks like the kind of game if you do suffer from epilepsy you probably shouldn't play it because I was like <laughs> whoa even just watching the review because it was so fast paced and yeah. it was in your face and it was just uh, it, it looked unbelievable and I do agree with you I think the, the F-bomb does get dropped a bit too much in these games but that mm-hmm. being said like there's probably people out there that, that, that love a bit of love a bit of stuff that's, that's a bit uh, close to the edge and a bit gritty you might not have seen that maybe back yeah, in the I mean, 90s and the stuff la- what, was, what was the last one I reviewed um, the one that was like a commando kind of game. What the hell was that oh, called? Oh yes, um, the names left me. Let uh, me jump in your channel here and I'll find it real quick. God, my memories are so bad. I probably only made it a couple of weeks ago and I yeah, can't remember. It was, it. I think it was the one previous to that, the previous to uh, this one you've got out. Now. Um, Ast- Aspros? No, it wasn't Aspros. Um, no, it was a, that was like a teaser thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, um, where's your videos now? Um, oh, uh, Metal Dragon. Metal Dragon, yes. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, riddled with them. <laughs> like, really, oh, like, so much swearing. <laughs> um, but this one, it had just a couple in, and I thought you could probably do without that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really add, it doesn't really add anything. And, I'm, you know, I'm all for swearing, and I, you know, I swear yeah. like, a, like a pirate staying on theme. Yeah. Um, but but it, I think with media like that you've got to have a reason to do it and actually yeah. when they funnily enough when they uh, i think when they made monkey island because there's absolutely no swearing in monkey island yeah that the, they were kind of told look if you can give me a good enough reason to put one in you can and there's there is none because they couldn't ever come up with a good enough reason and it made them think actually but it doesn't need to be there you know yeah 
Um, but I have to say that the Metal Dragon looks awesome. Just even the, the artwork just it looks like Rambo with a Punisher and these uh, beautiful 1980s slash early 90s women. So it's, <laughs> yeah. so it's, 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 it's right up there. But uh, at the moment with the games that I'm playing, um, it was when James was on, I was playing... Um, I was making my way through the, the the Batman Arkham Asylum games over again. I was playing them on the, I was playing them on the PlayStation uh, three, and then I logged on to I, I I own a PlayStation five, and I'm quite ashamed of it to be honest with you because <laughs> it's nothing more than a, a a giant plastic statue that really doesn't do very much, mm. and. Um, I ended up buying the 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 Arkham's all the Arkham games for something like fifteen quid on the PlayStation PlayStation Store sale. So I'm I'm making my way through that at the minute, but um, I'm looking forward to there's a new Batman game coming out. I'm obviously looking forward to Monkey Island coming out. So I think this year is going to be good in terms of the games that I'm interested in. And um, from time to time, I'll go back to games like Resident Evil, Dino Crisis on the PS One. But um, that's kind of just sort of like a, a a retro fix to try and just you know escape reality for a wee while without having to think too much. And I don't and I've been through them games so many times. It's but like yourself in Monkey Island, you probably hammered out in a couple of hours, you know. Mm, but, on autopilot. Yeah, but uh, for me at the minute, that that's all. That's all I'm really I'm really playing. So, is there is there any other games then, uh, Pete? You, you've got on the horizon. That uh, is there any? Have you, can you let us into any secrets? Is there any more games coming in the post? That you're going to be reviewing anytime soon? Oh, I don't know. Don't think so. Mm-hmm. Not that I know of. You never know. They just, you know, sometimes you get a message and then they just turn up. So I said Hermes or or the the, the postman will <laughs> land and go. There you go. There's your uh, there's your Mega Drive game and your stickers and, and all That's that it. kind of stuff. You know. But listen, Pete, I think we have uh, we have given the people enough uh, enough Monkey Island. Uh, information for now and maybe if you're up for it if you've enjoyed yourself on the show tonight once the game comes out and we've played it i think that could lend itself to another podcast what do you think yeah absolutely and we could uh, we could bounce off each other's uh experiences playing the playing the monkey island game but uh listen pete have you enjoyed yourself tonight yeah Brilliant. Thanks for having me. Uh, no worries. Thanks for coming on, Pete. You've been an absolute, uh, absolute uh, brilliant uh, guest, and it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And we have talked Monkey Island, uh, to, uh, a, a franchise and a game that we hold dear to our hearts. So, Pete, listen, thanks a million, buddy, and it's been great having you on, and we will get you back on again to uh, chat Monkey Island, Scrabble, whatever it is. I'll have you on any day of the week, my friend, because you've been a brilliant guest, and I look forward to chatting with you again, buddy. Thank you. Okay, so that's the end of the show. I want to thank Pete for being an amazing guest. Head on over to On A Retro Tip on YouTube and subscribe to Pete's channel and check us out on major podcasting platforms and YouTube and I will see you next time.